As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Hello and welcome to Front and Nationwide. This is the Athletics Dedicated Blue Jackets Podcast. Aaron Portsign with you on a Wednesday afternoon. We're recording before the Blue Jackets play the Avalanche. So take that into account when you hear some of the uh, news and tidbits here today. Joined by Jeff Rimmer, Fox Sports Ohio's play-by-play voice of the Columbus Blue Jackets. Rim's a frequent guest on this show. It's great to have you back again, my man. Oh, thanks for having me back. Always enjoy it. And how is Denver, how do you handle the high altitude rims? I know you're typically, I can say this, you're usually at a level above the rest of us. How's the air up there? How do you handle the high altitude? Well, I don't handle it very well. And no, uh, no, uh, it's not because I'm exercising or walking down the streets of uh, downtown Denver. Uh, Just to share an inside story here. I really get dry here. It's so, it's so dry. Yes. yes. And uh, I was up uh, half the night with a nosebleed. If you really oh want to know God. the truth. Yes. Yeah. So I don't handle it well. Uh, I enjoy the city. Uh, I enjoy uh, watching the Avalanche play, but uh, it's uh, it's pretty difficult here because uh, it, it is, is very tough. dry. Yeah. Now you drink tons of water, of course. Oh, of course I do. Yeah. Absolutely. You got yeah. to, especially there. Yeah. Uh, news and tidbits here for the Blue Jackets. My God, Max Domi cannot catch a break. Uh, the shoulder in the summer came back early from it. Ribs, second game of the season, came back a day before the minimum time he would be out. And if those two didn't get him, COVID did. Um, he's out for 10 days with COVID. He'll miss tonight's game against the Avs. He'll miss the game back home in Columbus against the Avs. 10-day minimum. He's quarantining. I think he's stuck in New York City, which part of me says that there are worse places in the world to be stuck. But then, my God, the torment of being basically stuck in a hotel room, literally quarantined for 10 days. You got a feel for the guy. Real quick for some other stuff. Adam Bogfist will miss his fourth game in a row. Lower body injury. I do think he's getting closer, though. Corpusalo starts his first time this season. He's made consecutive starts. And Gavin Bayreuther uh, goes into the lineup, uh, his season debut for Scott Harrington. Um, 
Rims, before we get to the Blue Jackets, there's a lot to talk about. I don't want this whole podcast to be about what's going on in the National Hockey League because there are several other podcasts that are devoted exclusively to that, and, they, and they've done a wonderful job with them. But I, I don't feel right just celebrating this great game without taking a minute to say this has been a rough week, week and a half for the National Hockey League. Uh, just your thoughts briefly of the, the Chicago Blackhawks sexual abuse case, the cover-up, Kyle Beach, the interview. It's a di- I hope that the league comes f- through this and finds a new way forward so that nothing like this happens again. But God, it, it, it's, uh, it's hard to see the suffering of Kyle Beach more than anything. And it's, it's, it's tough to see so many poor decisions cost so many people uh, so significantly. Just a rough week, week and a half all around for this league. Without question, uh, I love the game. Uh, I love the people in it. But uh, this has been uh, very, very uh, difficult to accept. Uh, I don't believe for a minute that uh, it is over. I think there'll be more uh, that comes out in the days and the weeks ahead. Uh, I I feel terribly uh, for Beach. Uh, I I commend him for uh, coming out publicly and uh, allowing, uh, I guess, not only the hockey community, but uh, the entire sports world to know what uh, he had to deal with and has had to deal with for these last 11 years. Uh, I still think that uh, the Blackhawks should be uh, perhaps punished even more. Yep. Uh, I, I think that uh, the National Hockey League has got to step up and be a little more actively involved, despite what has been said. Uh, I don't think uh, Gary Bettman, who's done a marvelous job as commissioner of the National Hockey League, uh, I, I don't think that uh, he's being seen in the best light, and, and I can understand why. I think it was a very poorly uh, planned uh, news conference uh, a couple of days ago, and uh, I, I think uh, you'll hear in, in the days and weeks to come that uh, perhaps Bettman may rethink this thing with regards to uh, the penalty and possible suspensions uh, of the Blackhawks uh, personnel, and uh, I would hope that uh, they would continue to reach out uh, to Kyle Beach as well here because uh, obviously he has gone through hell for the last 11 years. Yeah, and this reminds me of the reckoning that this league took with the coaches a couple of years ago where once something, once somebody stepped forward, Akeem Alou was, I think, I don't know where you want to draw the the line back to, but there was one accusation and then more and then more and then more. And teams addressed that internally. I talked to Yarmo Kekalainen about this. How did you, what, what did the Blue Jackets do coming out of the, of the Chicago Blackhawks, Kyle Beach, the the pre, the uh, the Bettman press conference, and this is a quote from Yarmo: "We have addressed it. We have addressed it internally. I'm not going to comment on Chicago's handling of the situation, but I can assure you that something like that would be dealt with quickly and decisively with our organization. We have encouraged an open line of communication. If anything like that ever happens." that it is safe to come out and talk to us. Nobody should ever hesitate or feel ashamed. And that's been communicated to everybody in our organization. Uh, I was made aware, uh, and I've discussed this uh, on the show before, uh, John Davidson and I go back to high school together. And uh, we've had several discussions on this topic. And I can assure you, when Yarmo says 
the Blue Jackets as an organization have addressed it. Yeah. I can assure you they have. And then yeah. some. They're always, and, and, and this is a credit uh, to John Davidson. And uh, hey, I, I'm not making any uh, secret here or telling any stories out of school. Uh, I, I'm thrilled that he's back. I think that uh, the Blue Jackets needed him to come back. I'm sorry things didn't work out with the Rangers and their loss. And believe me, it's their loss is Columbus's game because he will make everybody better. He will calm the waters down when needed. And uh, he's got a great uh, eye on the game, a great eye on the talent, and a great eye on how to deal with people. Yeah. And I just, I, I think it's so important now that the league and the teams individually and the, te- and the league as a whole set up, don't just set up processes that look good for the outside, but surround those processes with a culture where they really mean what they're, what they're set up to mean. In other words, you can have all of that infrastructure, but if a player doesn't really feel that they can come forward and their word will be taken as true or that they will be treated the right way um, or that anything close to Kyle Beach is going to happen to them, they're not coming forward no matter what sort of infrastructure you have set forward. So it has to be culture plus infrastructure. And I think of those two things, the culture might be the more difficult one to create. Um, Rims Blue Jackets at I can't. To, I, I just want to add one more thing. I yeah, cannot. I cannot vouch for other organizations uh, or the National Hockey League, but I can vouch for the Blue Jackets. Uh, I've been here for 18 years now, and uh, they've done their best to be out in front of situations when need be. And I guarantee you that'll be the case, culture and everything else. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Ribs, Blue Jackets, Abs tonight. This is not an easy road game. Um, None of them are, are easy road games in the National Hockey League. But let's just be honest. The Blue Jackets are off to a 5-3-0 start. I think many would look at the Blue Jackets so far and say that this is one of the NHLs. Not a huge surprise, but a mild surprise. It's still early, of course. Um, It's early in the season. You can hide some of your flaws in the short term. But two things tend to happen. Teams get an understanding of what you're doing, how you're winning, how you like to play. And so the second and third time you play them, it's not quite so easy. But also the games get more important as the season moves along, so the battle level increases. Your thoughts, uh, Jeff Rimmer, on how the Blue Jackets have played so far and is how they're playing sustainable? Well, I believe it's a surprise, uh, as you alluded to in your latest uh, story in The Athletic, which I read this morning. I don't think anybody expected them uh, to be sitting here five and three after eight games. I think that uh, they're going to be fortunate here tonight. You mentioned the game against the Avs. Well, Colorado is going to be missing no less than seven players this evening, some of them key, but they still do have Landeskog and a guy named McKinnon in the lineup. So it it won't be a a pushover by any stretch of the imagination. But the Blue Jackets have had, for the most part, great goaltending through the first eight games. Uh, They've got a patchwork blue line, even more so with the injury uh, to Boquist and Kukin. Uh, and they have sustained the situation. Uh, you mentioned that Bayreuther gets uh, his first taste of NHL activity this season, having been summoned from Cleveland. Uh, up front, Boone Jenner is off to a terrific start. That's right there. I like the play and the attitude that Line A has come to camp with after a disastrous season a year ago. I think Jake Voracek has fit in very well. I think he's got a lot more to give. I, I don't think he's in uh, the best shape yet. But uh, I, I think he's rounding 
in that regard and into at least uh, decent shape. Uh, he has had pretty good start, uh, in, in my opinion. But yep. like I said, I think he can give more in Oliver Bjorkstrand. And I said this to you uh, over the summer. He's coming off his best season, but he too has a lot more that he can give as well. And he certainly started that way. Yeah, so I'm looking at this. Boone Jenner, five goals. I think it was game 17 last year before he got to five. It ate all year. Oliver Bjorkstrand is at four, six, ten after eight games. Patrick Liney has been a point of game player so far, three, five, eight, two overtime game winners in there. Of those three, who has impressed you the most? Any does does anyone stand out among that group? Well, they all do in their own in their own way. Uh, yeah. Boone Jenner has been asked to play the number one center position, uh, and and I think that uh, he's provided the team. Uh, not only uh, the points and the the goals, but he's done a great job in faceoffs. His ice time is up uh, considerably. I think Line A, when a lot of people were ready to write him off, has responded in kind and and uh, off to a, a real solid start. And there's that chemistry with Jake Voracek. So yeah, I I, I think that uh, we're looking at a big reason why the Blue Jackets are five and three as we sit here today. And yeah. hey. Let's not forget their play. <coughs> Excuse me. Again, dry. Dry air, yes. Um, let's not forget that uh, uh, the Blue Jackets uh, have also been dramatic dramatic in, uh, in overtime in just this right. uh, recent game in a shootout. So uh, they've struggled in the past in overtime, unless uh, our Demi Panarin was there or Seth Jones was uh, waving his magic. But... Uh, they're three and zero in overtime, including the shootout victory on Sunday, and I think that's too part of their solid start. Yeah, the thing with Jenner that I think is so fascinating is is how much has been heaped on him this year. Like this is a guy that that they've always, of course, relied on. He's he's always played heavy minutes. He's always out there in big moments. He's always taken the defensive zone draws because he's been the best faceoff guy here for probably five or six years. Uh, he's doing all of that still. But now he's on the number one line. So that's big minutes right there. Now he's on the number one power play unit. He's on the second penalty kill unit after uh, after um, Corrali and Robinson are off. And he's he's his numbers, he's, he's leading Blue Jackets forwards in ice time, which tells you the kind of season, the way that he's played, how, how much they rely on him, but also how desperate they are for reliable defensive play down the middle at center, a veteran player uh, there. And he's that. I hate to ask the same question I asked earlier about the team, but those minutes are great. And you can't look at at the way that uh, he has played with anything other than respect, almost admiration. But 20 minutes, 46 seconds a night for Boone Jenner ice time. Is that sustainable? Zach Wierenski, 26 minutes, 23 seconds a night. Is that sustainable? Do they? I know it's hard to not have those guys out there in big moments. But Rims, do they have to dial these guys back at some point here in, in, in out of interest for the, the long season that's still ahead of them? Well, let me say this about Boone Jenner, and then I'll get to Wierenski. Uh, he hasn't gone out and publicized this in any way, shape, or form. But one of the, the concerns, questions, if you will, when he was initially up for a draft before he was ever a Columbus Blue Jacket, uh, 
was his skating. That's right. All right. I can tell you, uh, and I asked Boone about this in a private conversation uh, about a week ago. I said, you seem faster. You seem to be skating better, more effective. Have you done anything? Well, for the last two summers, he's worked on power skating. And this past summer, uh, back in Canada, uh, he was skating with the likes of Corey Perry and other NHLers. And he's a little leaner. He's lost a little bit of weight from his playing weight a year ago. And he's worked on his skating. So is it sustainable based on what I've seen so far? Yes. Zach Wierenski, uh, I think uh, he really relishes the fact that he is now the number one defenseman. He was in the shadow of Seth Jones. Make no mistake about it. Uh, he's now emerged as the number one guy uh, without question. And I think that uh, he's owned up to that situation. And I think that he can sustain it. But at the same time, you may want to take away some of those minutes. And it's going to be dependent on others on this Blue Jacket hockey team. Maybe a trade at some point this season, perhaps uh, uh, as late as the trading deadline to acquire another defenseman that can certainly help share some of those minutes because you're looking at a depleted lineup right now with uh, a couple of defensemen on the shelf and, and certainly uh, Zach could use the help and yeah. likely ha- getting that help would uh, reduce his minutes. Yeah. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone. Luckily with 24 seven us based live customer service from discover. Everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep. You heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. So here's a tough question for you. And I hate to, I don't hate to ask this, but it feels kind of like you're raining on a parade a little bit for a team that's playing well. And I have a keen understanding of this, that coach wants to win every game, the players want to win every game. But Rims, are they doing this wrong? Is this team, I don't want to say too good, but is this team better than it should be at this stage of the game? Because we we know what this is, we know what this is all about, right? Like, if you see the Seth Jones trade, you know when John Davidson came back that that a new path was forged and there was a willingness to do here what they've never done before and now comes the hard part in a way like is that is this again eight games we don't want to get too excited here but they don't want to pick 10th 12th 15th in the draft next year they also have chicago's pick i understand but is it are we, you want to be surprised pleasantly so by this team, but is, is this screwing up the plan if they continue to, to be a 500 club and, and hang in this thing? Well, uh, I think it's a situation here where this team will win the games that they should win, 
and they're going to find difficulty uh, playing teams that uh, should beat the Blue Jackets. I think the game plan is still there. I think it will be there. You look at the standings, and here we are eight games in. I was looking at the standings today, and you're seeing some teams underachieve. The Blue Jackets are just below the Mendoza bar, if you will, on the outside looking in uh, as far as the wild card is concerned as of today. Uh, and below them are teams that you expect to see in the postseason. So, uh, yeah, uh, I, I still believe that uh, it'll be a tough road here for the Blue Jackets to make the playoffs. But at the same time, players want to win. They don't care about yeah. draft picks. And they're going to do their best. They're going to do the, their best to win games. And uh, as you said earlier, yeah, as time goes on, they're, they're going to find things a little more difficult against the better teams. And, and those teams should beat the Blue Jackets and likely will. I don't think in any way, shape, or form, though, the Blue Jackets are uh, messing up the game plan, if you will. Yeah, I just, if you're, you're going to go through this, you don't want to be that team, though. Because they've done this before, where they've overachieved and, and gone this way. I'm not suggesting a tank job. I don't think I am. No, 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 not by any stretch of the imagination. But understand, too. Everybody, and you and I have had this discussion privately, everybody, the so-called experts, picked the Blue Jackets to finish last in the Metropolitan Division. Yes. Uh, yes. You and I last in the league, many people. Yeah. They're a better team than the so-called hockey experts have given them credit for. Yeah. So they're just, they're just playing the way I expected them to play when the season started. Yeah. And I think they're better than a last-place team in the Metropolitan, and I don't believe they will finish in last place. My opinion. So there are three players on this team, three forwards that lead the team in shots on goal. Oliver Bjorkstrand, Patrick Line, you would expect. The other guy there is Cole Sillinger. And I've said this to a few people. There, there are two players in the history of the organization that I looked at when they were 18 years old and, and playing and said, I would bet a lot of money I don't have on that guy being an excellent, excellent NHL player. One was Rick Nash. The other one was Zach Wierenski. I feel that way about Sillinger. Like this kid feels like the safest bet they've had in a long time. Um, I, I love the moxie. I, I, I love the way the kid plays. I love the way he pushes back. I like the way certain things don't have to be explained to him. They're just understood by him. Uh, because of the way he's been raised, the environment he's been raised in. Uh, what's it? What are your thoughts as you watch young Mister Sillinger find his way in the National Hockey League? Now we're at eight games, one, one, two, plus one, ten penalty minutes. He's playing thirteen and a half minutes a night, twenty-two shots on goal. I'd like to see him play more. I think coming out of training camp, he was our best gentleman. Yep. Uh, based on his play. And I think that uh, I'd like to see him play more minutes. I think he's capable of that. I think based on uh, what I've seen in practice the last couple of days, and of course, uh, it's all subject to change tonight. But what I've seen is that his line this evening uh, will move ahead of the Roslovic line and uh, get perhaps more ice time. I, I hope he gets more ice time. I know that uh, some people in the media are suggesting it's such a critical time. This is the 10th game. And uh, will he play tonight's oh, the ninth game? Does he, does he burn a year of that entry level contract? Of course he does. I, I, again, I, I don't think it's an issue at all. He's no. here. In my no. opinion, he's here to stay. It's not uh, even 
the smallest issue. Exactly. I, I don't understand why some people are writing and, and talking about it. It's a non-issue. This kid's here to stay. And if anything, I think he's deserving of more ice time. My opinion again. Yeah. You know, it's fascinating to me. If you rank the centermen, the people that have played center for them consistently by ice time, Jenner is, of course, number one. Sean Corrali is number two, 1355. And Sillinger is actually drawing marginally better, but just more ice time on average than Jack Roslovic is. Well, you might see it even more so tonight. Yeah, absolutely. I expect to see that. Um, I'm, I'm really interested in what this team, I try not to get too far ahead of ourselves, but you mentioned the trade deadline earlier. Wow. Is that going to be interesting? You think of Domi, you think of line a, even a veteran like, I think they want to keep some of these guys around, but Nyquist, I'm really intrigued by what this team, uh, is going to do and, and, and what, how they're going to morph into the team that they're going to become. What is, what is, um, determined to be a player to keep and a player to move on from and what kind of assets they can get because it feels like the uh the process is we're just kind of in the early process of of a new era of blue jackets it's going to be fascinating to see who sticks around and who moves well there's another name that you didn't mention that uh, certainly will figure prominently and he's tonight's starting goaltender Jonas Corpus Allo for the first time this season uh makes back-to-back starts where is he at the trading deadline or even before yeah we heard s- some rumblings last week that things were getting interesting uh with corpus Allo. things were starting to crank up a little bit that conversations that were not of an urgent matter in the summer were starting to feel more like that so the back-to-back starts is interesting elvis has played really well um corpy's played really well at times too but this will be interesting uh, Rims, anything else you want to get? Let me ask you this, because you were back in the buildings tonight, or back in the buildings this year, and you're calling these games again. Um, I missed it desperately. I- I'm still not back to the full job that we had before. The room isn't open for wandering around, asking guys questions, having small conversations. You must be delighted to, to be back in your comfort zone, back in the in the press box, calling a game uh, from on high, not from in front of a TV screen. No question. Uh, it was difficult uh, having to uh, call a game off a monitor and go to Cincinnati for the road games. But fortunately, and every team is different in the NHL right now as far as broadcasting is concerned. But I'm really fortunate and thankful that the Blue Jackets as an organization and Valley Sports and their management decided they wanted us on the road for each and every game. So uh, from that standpoint, I'm thrilled. Uh, that we're doing the games uh, on the road. And Jody and I get a chance to uh, join the team in each and every NHL city. And I hope uh, that that will continue here for the season. Because as I said, there's some uh, organizations and TV networks that uh, are not allowing their broadcasters to travel. Right. And as a pro's pro, what do you think of the TV deal that the NHL has struck with ESPN? What have you thought of ESPN's work? I, I like it. Um, I think they're giving uh, the league great exposure again. I think, uh, as we all know, uh, when ESPN left, their interest in hockey uh, went down to almost zero. So there was very little on their uh, their sports highlight shows that they even spend time on, on hockey. And for us, the benefit, I think, and I'm saying us as hockey fans, yeah. all the fifth liners, all the hockey fans across uh, the country, it's, it's a win-win because why? 
you have two different networks as opposed to just NBC. You've got Turner and you've got ESPN. And they both want to outdo the other network. So guess what? The hockey fans win in that regard. Yeah, and it just feels more present in our country because it's on ESPN. I know that's not right. Maybe it shouldn't be that way. It just feels that way. Um, And what have you thought of John Tortorella, who is not in the media, by the way? Rimsey is not in the media. He's just doing TV. (laughs) I know he said that to you. I think he's done great. I I, I think he's he's been awesome for those that are expecting a fiery John Tortorella. Don't expect it. For those that expect that uh, he will be a media star for long, don't expect that too, because I suspect at some point, and maybe sooner than later, he's going to be behind an NHL bench again, coaching. And I know that's what he wants. Yeah, desperately. Desperately. Jeff Rimmer, thanks for being with us. I look forward to seeing you, my man. Take care of yourself. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. Have a glass of water. Thanks, Rims.